0: Hello. Hello. Just at the top of the podcast here to let you know that due to the evolving pandemic situation, we are once again recording separately, remotely and safely. Yes, we are. It's lockdown 2.0. It's very sad, but you know, we're both toasty and happy in our respective castles, so nothing too, too drastic. One other thing before we start, Germans, German listeners out there, I'm talking to you, I know... That it's pronounced Mother Hula. Okay. But we're going to go with Mother Hole because it's just easier. So I apologize in advance. Well, what, what if I want to hear you constantly say Hula? Well,
1: it's not going to happen, Adam. Oh, what a shame. Well, sorry. You can go with that though. Mother Hula. It's Frau. Frau Hula. Frau Hula. Maybe it's best for all concerned if we stick with Mother Hole. <laughs> Agreed. Right, on with the episode. Let's do it.
0: Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading, Frau Hula, or Mother Holland. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a
1: Grim reading.
0: There was once a widow who had two daughters, one of whom was pretty and industrious, while the other was ugly and idle. Oh no. But she was much fonder of the ugly and idle one, because she was her own daughter, Uh. and the other who was a stepdaughter, was obliged to do all the work and be the Cinderella of the house. Oh,
1: hello. Hello. This is like, a little cross-reference there, a little shared universe. Yeah. Wow. We've been here before. This is a similar setup.
0: Every day, the poor girl had to sit by a well on the roadside and spin and spin until her fingers bled.
1: Why is she spinning by a well? Are those two just unrelated? Just They're Unrelated. <laughs> unrelated.
0: Also, it was very hard not to say that like Brian Adams... She span until her fingers bled. bled. (laughs) Was the summer of 1869. (laughs) 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 Oh dear, sorry, sorry.
1: I didn't expect Brian Adams to come up in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of the
0: unexpected ahead, (laughs) Adam. (laughs) Now, it happened that one day the shuttle was marked with her blood, so she dipped it in the well to wash the mark off. But it dropped out of her hand and fell to the bottom. So she's spinning till her fingers bleed. It's getting the spindle all nasty. So she tried to wash it in that well that she just happened to be sitting by. And it dropped it and it fell in. She began to weep and ran to her stepmother and told her of the mishap. But she scolded her sharply and was so merciless as to say, since you've let the shuttle fall in, you must fetch it out again. So the girl went back to the well and did not know what to do. And in the sorrow of her heart, She jumped into the well to get the shuttle. (laughs) Plop. (laughs) She lost her senses, and when she awoke and came to herself again, she was in a lovely meadow, where the sun was shining, and many thousands of flowers were growing. Hmm. Along this meadow she went, and at last came to a baker's oven full of bread.
1: Sorry, just in the field.
0: And the bread cried out, "'Oh, take me out, take me out, or I shall burn. "'I have been baked a long time.'" (laughs) This is going very sort of Lewis Carroll. So she went up to it and took out all the loaves one after another with the bread shovel. After that, she went on till she came to a tree covered with apples, which called out to her, "'Oh, shake me, shake (laughs) me. (laughs) We, "'We apples are all ripe.' So she shook the tree till the apples fell like rain and went on shaking till they were all down. And when she had gathered them into a heap, she went on her way. At last she came to a little house, out of which an old woman peeped. Please, please, let me (laughs) out of this house. But the woman had such large teeth that the girl was frightened and was about to run away. But the old woman called out to her, What are you afraid of, dear child? Stay with me. If you will do all the work in the house properly, you shall be the better for it. Only you must take care to make by bed well, and shake it thoroughly till the feathers fly, for then it will snow on earth. I am Mother Hall.
1: It's Mother Hall, Adam. You you, you say that as if I'm supposed to know who that is. It's
0: Mother Hall. It's not
1: the Mother Hall, is it? Surely not. The one and only. Shake my bed until it snows on earth. What? I mean, what? And she's got massive teeth. I'm imagining like yeah. sort of like proper rabbit size sort of.
0: Like a saber toothed tiger. Yeah. <laughs> As the old woman spoke so kindly to her, the girl took courage and agreed to enter her service because she's a bit frightened of her. Yeah. She's agreed anyway. It's the teeth. <laughs> She attended to everything to the satisfaction of her mistress, and always shook her bed so vigorously that the feathers flew about like snowflakes. So she had a pleasant life with her, never an angry word, and boiled or roast meat every day. Oh, love it. She stayed some time with Mother Hole, and then she became sad. At first, she did not know what the matter was with her, but found at length that it was homesickness. Oh. Although she was many thousand times better off here than at home, still she had a longing to be there. At last she said to the old woman, I have a longing for home, and however well off I am down here, I cannot stay any longer. I must go up again to my own people. Mother Hole said, I am pleased that you long for your home again, and as you have served me so truly, I myself will take you up again. Then she took her by the hand and led her to a large door the door was opened and just as the maiden was standing beneath the doorway a heavy shower of golden rain fell (laughs) and all the gold stuck to her so that she was completely covered over by it you shall have that because you have been so industrious said mother hole and at the same time she gave her back the shuttle which she had let fall into the well thereupon the door closed and the maiden found herself up above upon the earth, not far from her mother's house. Which floor do you want? Um, I'll take the top floor. And as she went into the yard, the cock was standing by the well side and cried, Cock-a-doodle-doo, your golden girls come home to you. <laughs> so she went into her mother, and as she arrived thus covered with gold, she was well received both by her and her sister. The girl told all that had happened to her, And as soon as the mother heard how she had come by so much wealth, she was very anxious to obtain the same good luck for the ugly and lazy daughter. (laughs) She chucked her down the well. She had to see herself by the well and spin. And in order that her shuttle might be stained with blood, she stuck her hand into a thorn bush and pricked her finger.
1: So she's like, come on, let's get the blood out. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Then she threw her shuttle into the well and jumped in after it. (laughs) She came, like the other, to the beautiful meadow and walked along the very same path. When she got to the oven and the bread again cried, Oh, take me out, take me out, or I shall burn. I have been baked a long time. But the lazy thing answered, as if I had any wish to make myself dirty, and on she went.
1: I mean, getting bread out of an oven isn't exactly dirty work, but okay.
0: Yeah, well, no one was there to tell her that. (laughs) Soon she came to the apple tree, which cried, Oh, shake me, shake me. We apples are all ripe. But she answered, wouldn't you like that? One of you <laughs> might fall on my head. And on she went. <laughs> wouldn't you like that? No. would you like that?
1: Guess what? I'm not going to do that.
0: When she came to Mother Hole's house, she was not afraid, for she had heard already about the big teeth, and she offered work to her immediately. So she's in at Mother Hole's. Yep. The first day, she forced herself to work diligently. And obeyed Mother Hole when she told her to do anything. For she was thinking of all the gold that she would give her. Yeah. But on the second day, she began to be lazy. And on the third day, still more so. And then she would not even get up in the morning at all. Nor did she make Mother Hole's bed as she ought. And did not shake it up so as to make the feathers fly up. Mother Hole was soon tired of this. And gave her notice to leave. <laughs> so, so Mother Hole fired <laughs> yeah. her. yeah, yeah, yeah. The lazy girl was willing enough to go and thought that now the golden rain would come. Oh, yeah. Mother Hole led her also to the great door, but while she was standing beneath it, instead of the gold, a big kettle full of pitch was emptied over her. Oh. That is the reward for your service, said Mother Hole, and shut the door. Oh dear. So the lazy girl went home, but she was quite covered with pitch, and the cock by the wellside, as soon as he saw her, cried out, Cock-a-doodle-doo! Your pitchy girls come home to you! <laughs> But the pitch stuck fast to her and could not be got off as long as she lived. Oh, no. The end. you go. Not sure what to make of that one. I'm worried perhaps, you know, be, being remote, we kind of, this has happened very suddenly. I'm worried it sort of might have taken the magic out of it a little bit for you.
1: No, I, th- I think it's a pretty magical story. Mm. I, I have a lot of questions, but yeah.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I guess that was the winner of our last patron part.
1: Yes, it was. Look at, I can see mm-hmm. Matt's face on The screen, looking lucky you, quite smug. I've got to say, (laughs) that's my resting (laughs) resting smug face. That was his choice in the poll. It beat me by twice as many votes. Yeah, Uh, yeah. You're missing out on the old man and his grandson for this. I'm just saying.
0: But I told you, one was more Christmassy than the other. Right. right? So I remembered your
1: statement. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. Where's Christmas in this? Is it the snow?
0: (gasps) Where's Christmas? It's the shaking the pillows with the snow.
1: Come on. That is, nothing says Christmas like shaking a bed.
0: Yeah, okay. It's not, I didn't say, you know, Father Christmas is going to appear with a Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's and, what and happened. save the day. <laughs> before. But, you know, it's, come on. It's seasonally appropriate at the very least. It is.
1: It certainly is. And I'm guessing you're going to clear up a few mysteries, including. I hope so. Who is mother hole.
0: That will be coming I'm shortly. Sure. Yeah,
1: that's, that's on the cards. Absolutely.
0: We have been quite seasonally appropriate recently. We had Fitch's Bird for Halloween yeah. and this just at the start of December. I mean, it's like we planned it.
1: It's like we planned it, but we really didn't. <laughs> we really didn't.
0: Yeah, so what, what are your questions? Come on. So wha-
1: what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Okay. I guess I, I can start with some observations. There Please. were bits and pieces in this that are recognized from other tales. So, like, yeah, the absolutely. initial premise is very familiar. Uh, a woman, like a sort of nasty, evil woman, who's got a daughter and a stepdaughter. The stepdaughter is virtuous and good-looking, and the real daughter is very ugly and a terrible <laughs> person, but she hates the stepdaughter. Uh, that We've seen that in uh, Three Little Men in the Woods. Yeah,
0: that was the main one. That
1: was the one. Um, there's been another one. Recently, I'm sure there has. Oh, gosh. Oh, um, Sweetheart Roland was one.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Also, it's a bit similar to Sleeping Beauty. She pricks her finger on the spindle, which triggers a magical adventure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, basically, she goes into this strange world, which I can only assume exists at the bottom of the well, as like a different plane (laughs)
0: feels like a parallel universe to me, like she's gone through some portal. Portal
1: at the well, at the bottom yeah. of the well, yeah. And then it does go it's, like go, it's like Alice in Wonderland going down the rabbit hole, isn't it? It's very Lewis Carroll. Totally. You've got talking bread and apples saying, oh, shake me, get me out of the oven. And then a massive toothed woman. And then she gets, she, yep, yeah, the gold showers down on her. And uh, she she comes home a gold woman, and then obviously the, the the real daughter attempts to do the same thing, but is obviously lazy and gets covered in pitch, which, as I understand it, is basically like tar. It's what you yes. use to waterproof a, a roof. So then this this woman <laughs> at the end of the story has got one gold daughter and one <laughs> well pitch black, like the yeah. expression pitch black is because pitch is is very black. Very strange. Yeah,
0: kind of insane. Very,
1: yeah, really insane. I'm not even sure what the message is other than <laughs> work hard and good things will happen.
0: Well, the the pitch actually makes a little bit more sense in German culture to German listeners because pitch is associated with bad luck. Pech haben, having pitch, means being unlucky in Germany.
1: Right, okay.
0: And to call someone unlucky, uh, there's an expression... Der vogel, which means pitch bird. So you can call someone a pitch bird, which <laughs> means they're an unlucky person. And that's because in uh, medieval times, pitch was used to catch birds. So you'd smear a surface with it. Oh, and they'd tent them in somehow and they get stuck. Yeah, and then the bird that got stuck was the, the, the pitch bird, the unlucky bird.
1: Well, hey, that reminds me of Roll Doll and the Twits where they put out glue and, like, Catch the birds oh like that.
0: Yeah, And also,
1: I just love the term pitch bird. I'm going to use pitch that. Bird. I'm going to use it. Pitch bird.
0: <laughs> so that kind of, at least that tiny bit of madness makes a little more sense when it's culturally situated where the story comes I from. I can see that.
1: Whereas for us, it comes a bit out of left field because it's just strange. Yeah. Uh, I guess we've a similar thing, we've had gold people before, we've had the
0: gold children. We've <laughs> had gold people, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it has a lot of similarities to a lot of other stories. But I'd say particularly Three Little Men in the Wood, and it definitely reminded me of Sleeping Beauty, Yeah, with the spindle.
1: And of course, it references in one of the very first lines, yeah.
0: Cinderella. Which is p- so weird. Cinderella is in the Brothers Grimm collection. So it's almost even within the collection, it's recognised as a famous one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> it would be like in a James Bond film, them talking about a James Bond film. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it just wouldn't make sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, it does stand Strange.
1: out. Strange. I'm sure I had loads of questions, but I guess I don't. I well, mean
0: what? One of them that I. A question I sort of have that can't really be answered, but I also think is kind of the emotional crux of the story is, why did she want to go home? Because she's having a great life there with boiled and roast meat, never getting told off, loving hanging out with mother hole, but she she feels sad and she wants to go home, back to her horrible mother. And I, I kind of get it, I think. Even though it's like, well, why would you I, I do kind of understand she wants to go back to the real world, yeah,
1: it's almost like there is a quality to this other world that's like an afterlife, yeah, and it's like, okay, I like it here, but I can't stay. It's that classic thing. I like it here, but I can't stay, I have to return to mm. my people, I have to mm-hmm. that's what you're saying, isn't it It's like yeah. Because I don't really n- understand this other world. Is it a parallel universe? Is it some sort of limbo? Mm.
0: Well, I mean, I've got some interpretations if you want to hear them.
1: <laughs> I would love to hear them.
0: So, I've got a few interpretations which might they might help make sense of this world and the story in, in general, really. You know, go, okay. going a little bit beyond hard work pays which is obviously a message you know being good working hard it pays yeah but it doesn't quite explain all the madness it really doesn't so okay first of all if we think of fairy tales about as about growing and changing and learning yeah this is a good one for thinking of a girl reaching maturity you've got the spindle and the blood
1: classic we we've I had this many
0: times, yeah. Potentially, like, reaching puberty period, etc. Yeah. She then learns how to be a grown-up woman, basically. So either she you can interpret thrown that. in at the deep
1: end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Very
0: nice. And then does domestic chores.
1: Hmm. Or. Yeah.
0: So you can see it as, like, domestic chores. Or, if you'll indulge me out of them, the oven could potentially refer to pregnancy. A bun in the oven. A literal, metaphorical bun in the oven and then the apples are I well I don't don't really know or want to speculate
1: pregnant and then an apple a day keeps the doctor away then she
0: has a healthy diet (laughs) gets her five a day in Um, this is
1: life isn't it you mature you, you (laughs) you get pregnant and you have a healthy diet
0: and those are your life stages. <laughs> well, I don't think I, I don't think you're <laughs> liking this theory. All right, let me keep pressing <laughs> on with it though. So she goes through all this. Basically, she learns to be a woman. She passes the mother hole test and returns home covered in gold, successfully reaching womanhood. Yes, it's like, ding, like, yeah, level up kind of
1: thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. And <laughs> the
0: other girl is like, she's not ready to do it because she hasn't got all the right womanly qualities, so she fails maturing.
1: And she gets. Covered in pitch.
0: All right, I'm not getting uh, real good vibes off of you from that one. So another theory, I saw someone interpreted this story as being a parable of nature or the changing seasons. Okay. So, right, check this out. Okay, changing seasons. So she falls through the well. She wakes up in a meadow with a thousand flowers. Yeah. Springtime. She goes to the hot, hot oven with the bread summertime okay the ripe fruit is falling that's harvest autumn time then okay. she's shaking the pillows to make it snow winter that's time winter. you have to nurture nature Na- nature needs caring for so she is going through <laughs> so so doing it's, not bit.
1: <laughs> it's not nature versus nurture it's nature needs nurture i like it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's synthesizing the age-old argument <laughs> to create one beautiful <laughs> picture. Nature or nurture? Why not both? <laughs> Is that a little bit more passable, digestible, enjoyable? Uh,
1: I've some some of them feel more tenuous than others.
0: Okay, sure.
1: I guess apples falling, like that yeah. could be literally what happens at that time of year, but like bread in the oven. The oven's hot.
0: I think we keep having problems with the oven and the bread as a metaphor.
1: (laughs) It's constantly (laughs) going to be a sticking point.
0: So I I came across those two theories. But building off that second one, it made me um, think about the solar myth theory, which you might remember from uh, the Frog Prince, the Frog King episode. The solar myth Theory. I don't remember this. So I, th- I definitely told you about it in that episode. It's basically a, weir- it's a weird Victorian British school of thought, like in the folklore world. Yeah. All these old sort of eccentric Victorians believed that fairy tales and myths were really parables about celestial processes.
1: Okay. Yeah. So in
0: The Frog Prince, it was all about the sun because you had like so many mentions of gold and the golden ball. Yeah. So I thought that this one's a good one for that building on the last theory. So if you think one girl is covered in gold, she could represent the sun, Sun. the other girls covered in pitch. So she could represent the night. And then the two of them basically they cycle through the seasons as represented by the tasks, spring, summer, autumn, winter. So it's like the passing of time through these seasons. So I thought, if you're into your solar myth theory, this is a great one for that. Yeah. What do you reckon? Night nice and day.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> you don't seem keen on any of that. That's all I got, man. That's the, those are your three theories.
0: Yeah. I thought that was enough. Um, what's, <laughs> what's your favourite? <laughs> well, I think there's definitely something about um, seasons. Uh, I say definitely. <laughs> I'm <pretty Maybe> That's <laughs> a <laughs> bit strong. Uh, I think there's something in that, possibly. Uh, and there's definitely something in, you know, she's a girl just goes through a test and kind of reaches a new plane, which often Completely. happens to our yeah. heroes. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, hmm. Night and day. I like night and day, though. I like the idea that. That's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, I do like that. And that, t- and that chimes really well. I mean, you know, night and day, good and bad, that kind of duality. That works. I like that. All right. It's the, it's the bread in the oven. We're never going to get past that No (laughs) So Mother Hole So Who's Mother Hole Who's Mother Hole because I imagine it like she says to the daughter, I am Mother Hole. Hi. And the daughter looks at her
0: like, who? <laughs> well, she's like, oh, you're Mother Hole. Oh, I've always wanted to meet Mother Hole. I love your work. I love everything you do.
1: I love your music, your, your podcast,
0: film. What was your favorite? I, I, I don't know uh, where to start. I love them all equally. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I couldn't choose a favourite. That's how good you are.
0: You're hired.
1: (laughs) Come in. Uh, Who is Mother Hull?
0: Who is Mother Hull? Excellent question. I'm going to do my very best to answer it for you, Adam. Perfect. Well, first of all, the Grimm's collected this story from Dortchen Wild, Wilhelm's wife. Yep. She told Wilhelm this story in the Wild's family home in Castle. On the 13th of October, 1811. Wow, we've got an exact we've date. We've got an exact date for the first wow. time ever.
1: <laughs> wow. i did
0: done some deep research.
1: That's great. 1811, did you say?
0: Yeah, 13th of wow. October. So, Dorchen told them the story. But for the second mm-hmm. edition, which came out in 1819, they added a few little extra bits, including the Rooster's Weird Song. Oh, right. This came from a guy called George August Friedrich Goldman from Hanover. He sent them a version that had the cockerel in okay. it. Okay. So the Grimms also relate in their notes, uh, and I've seen it elsewhere, that when it snows in Hesse, people say, Frau Holle is making her bed as an idiom to mean it's snowing. Frau Hull is making
1: her bed? And is that in use today? Do we know?
0: Well, my thoughts exactly. So I was looking at all this and I was a bit confused, to be honest. So I actually got in touch with some of our German listeners, our known German listeners, to to ask them if this is an expression to mean that it's snowing and if it's still used to this day and if it's just in Hesse or if it's across all of Germany uh, and also what they know about Mother Hole. Because the other thing is, Mm. the impression I got was this is quite a famous... Brothers Grimm story in Germany right yeah but for us, I'd never heard of this story before in my life
1: me neither it's maybe one that is has not really made it out of yeah Germany like some of the other Disney ones okay what do they have to say
0: well, we'll get back to that shortly okay because first of all, who's mother Hall
1: yes, that was my question
0: <laughs> we're getting there <laughs> we're getting patience there. patience man yeah. okay you're paving the way okay. So aside from that expression, Mother Hole's making her bed, Mother Hole has a life beyond this fairy tale. It's believed that she was an ancient Germanic pagan earth goddess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing phases you, does it?
1: <laughs> I'm used to old ancient Germanic yeah. pagan goddesses. You're an old hat at this now. In like episode two, you'd have been like, what? Mind blown.
0: Now it that just...
1: Oh, yeah, pagan goddess. Ten a penny, yeah. Mm.
0: There's been a lot of research into uh, Hull, or Hula, as a goddess. And there's plenty of analysis and debate, even in academic circles, as to her origins. Mm-hmm. None of which we'll go into, fortunately. <laughs> I'm dangerously underqualified for that. But serious research on Hull all started with the Grimm's. So Jacob Grimm specifically did a bit of his own research into Hull when he was writing his book on Germanic mythology, Deutsch mythology. He wrote a book on his own, without Wilhelm, about German mythology. Yeah. Which we come across before as well. Yeah. Jacob said that Hull, also variously called Hulda or Hull, was worshipped in Hesse and the surrounding regions, specifically, mm-hmm. as a goddess. But yeah. he shrewdly theorized that she is closely related to other female deities in the Germanic world. So essentially, in the ancient sort of pre-Christian Germanic times, different tribes would worship different female earth goddesses, all yeah. with different names, but they're kind of all interrelated. They're kind of the same being, just with a different okay. name. And Jacob specifically noted the similarities and relation between Hull Hull. And the Alpine goddess, Perkta, who was worshipped in the region south of Hesse, around the Alps. So parts of Switzerland, Bavaria, and Austria. Okay. The earliest records of these deities is from the turn of the first millennium, when the Roman Empire came into contact with Germanic peoples. And then later, Christian missionaries documented beliefs around 7800 800 AD. So we have, like, we literally have, you know, written documents of missionaries who were going into Mm -hmm. Germany trying to convert people, and they'd write about the beliefs these people had. So we can kind of trace them back that far. Okay. But the earliest recorded reference to Mother Hull, specifically her, is from the year 1000 AD. Oh, wow. There's a reference to her found in a work written by the Bishop of Worms. Sorry, (laughs) the Bishop of Worms? I knew you'd enjoy
1: that. Uh, how can I not enjoy that? The Bishop of Worms. We're, it's not an insult to the bishop. No, it's just <laughs> it's an extraordinary uh, string of words that makes me kind of happy. The Bishop of Worms.
0: <laughs> Worms is a city in, in Germany, in the Rhineland. It's called Worms. Like Worms. I, I guess, yeah. So that's the first reference we have to her. I couldn't find exactly what um, the bish wrote, but that w- there was a reference to her then. So after the Bishop of Worms, the next reference to Hull, I think, appeared 500 years later in the 1500s in works written by none other than Martin Luther. Oh, wow. Not king. No, not king. No, very different people. He simply uses her name. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he wasn't talking about her. He just uses her name, which okay. shows how much of a recognized figure she would be in society. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah,
1: to have a casual reference in something that's not even related shows the sort of penetration of that idea in people's minds.
0: Yeah. Martin Luther also came up in The Elves and the Shoemaker. I don't know if you remember from last this time last year. No, I
1: don't remember Martin Luther coming up then. What was the link there?
0: I sort of went on a quite uh, tortuous journey trying to explain elves to you. Via Martin Luther? Well, Martin Luther, he also wrote about elves. He wrote that elves had made his mother sick. (laughs) So, <laughs> what? I'd forgotten this. Martin Luther <laughs> wrote that he thought elves had made his mother sick. So, what we can take away from that, and it's the wow. same with Mother Holle, it's easy to think that pagan, you know, there was paganism and then it was supplanted by Christianity, which like stamped yeah. it out. but the founder of Protestantism <laughs> believed in elves. So it's really hard to get your head around. But in medieval times, people would literally believe in God, uh, you know, the Christian God, but they'd also Mm. believe in elves, in witches, in folk spirits, so it's really alien to us, but these folk beliefs were blended with Christianity rather than supplanted by it. You could
1: make a really, really much, much broader point there. I think that's symptomatic, like, of how we think about changes that have happened in history, and we tend Mm. to think of it as some sort of great revolution, and you know, a generation to completely turn their back on what came before them. But actually, it, more often than not, it just merges into each other, you know. That's actually m- how it, it happens in reality.
0: Yeah, I, I think there is definitely some truth to that. I think it's very tempting to sort of romanticize a pagan past that was just destroyed mm. by Christianity. But in terms of some of these beliefs, that's, it's just demonstrably not true. It just kind of got subsumed by it and then
1: thrown away piece by piece and got left behind. And in fact, just to bring it back round, I guess, Mm. you're talking about Christianity sort of subsuming uh, pagan beliefs and sort of incorporating them. The ultimate example of that is Christmas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there you go. (laughs) It's right there. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah, Mother Hole is a part of that because... So some of the characteristics of Mother Hole, one of them includes the fact that she is associated with Midwinter, the Midwinter Festival, Mm -hmm. around the 12 days of Christmas in particular.
1: Ah, interesting.
0: She's also associated with uh, Spinning, and this isn't just Mother Hole, this is all those other Mm. earth goddess type deities as well. Uh, And there's also this strange ambiguity and duality around her character. So in different stories and traditions, She's either tall and beautiful or like short and an old hag. Right. She can also be, you know, very kind and caring or absolutely terrifying and scary. Okay. And apparently a bit like the bogeyman, you can threaten children and say that, you know, Frau Hol or Perkter might come and get you if you misbehave. Wow. Yeah. And it also reminded me a little bit of Father Christmas. So I thought Father Christmas is like a sort of nicer version. He he <laughs> arrives on like Christmas time and he's either nice if you've been good or he, you know, gives you some coal or whatever if you've been bad. Yeah,
1: I can see that. I mean none of this explains yeah, the teeth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why the big teeth? <laughs> well, I don't really have an answer for you for that. I'm really sorry. That's your that's your only question. No.
1: Um. Why does she have such <laughs> huge teeth?
0: As I said, there's no uniformity to how she is described either physically or or how she behaves. So that might just be one little strand that happened to land in the mind of Dortchen Wilde, who then told the Brothers Grimm, who wrote this story. Um, Yeah, so I don't really have an answer for you, I'm afraid. She's basically this omnipresent figure sort of weaved into the fabric of folk beliefs. Yeah. But what, yeah, what about the modern day? That's kind of where this all started. Yeah. So as I said earlier, I got in touch with some of our German listeners to ask, you know, what do they know about Mother Hole? Because they certainly will know more than I do. And I was really curious to know how famous this story is now and about that expression and if that is genuinely a real expression that when it snows, you say Frau Hull's making her bed. Yeah. So I'll defer to our listeners now. First of all, I heard back from... Lisa Marie, our German language consultant. Lisa Marie wrote, Oh, she is definitely well known. Oh. I remember watching fairy tale movies every Sunday, and Frau Hohl featured a lot of times. That saying you're talking about is. Oh, here we go. Frau Hulle macht ihr Bett. Frau Hohl is making her bed. Frau Hull, Hulle. Don't make me say it again. No, oh, because that's... Gr- I
1: actually love this expression.
0: Frau Hülle macht ihr
1: Macht
0: Frau Hülle macht ihr She continues. I don't think people use it that much anymore, but I remember hearing that phrase and using it at some point in my life. It would be easy to find someone who says it once it starts snowing. Interesting. Sadie got in touch mm-hmm. as well. I don't think that's her real name, <laughs> but Isn't that's what she <laughs> goes by online. I happily confirm that it is indeed true. You hear it from parents, teachers, and weathermen and women even nowadays. While she is truly a Hessian myth, this is said all over Germany as far as I'm aware.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: So confirmed from Sadie. And finally, we got correspondence from Anne Christen. Frau Holle is definitely a thing in Germany and fairly well known. I'd put the tale in the B tier of Grimm tales. Known by most people, but many would be fuzzy on the details if asked to retell it. Okay. However, at least in Hesse and the adjacent regions, she's almost exclusively known as the figure from the Grimm's tale. So I don't know if she would still be well known if the fairy tale hadn't been included in the Grimm collection. Right. So it's definitely a thing.
1: I, I'm... Jealous it's a thing. of Germany for having that expression Because I really like it It's really sweet And we don't have anything similar for snow I guess you could no. say like an English idiom for rain of like It's raining cats and dogs Might not be yeah, a thing in other countries true. And it's sort of a thing that doesn't make sense But the idea <laughs> yeah. that they would unironically just say Frau Holle is making her bed I just love that It's a great expression Why don't we have that?
0: Let's, let's, let's start it. something. Well, they did say as well that it's, you don't hear it that much anymore. Yeah. As much as they used to. Well, maybe, you know, those uh, German listeners, if, it's, if it snows, yeah. give it a go. Just, just, just say, just say, Frau Hohl, macht
1: dir Bett. Don't, don't feel self-conscious and just see what reaction yeah. you get. Yeah,
0: enjoy it. So, yeah, Mother Hol has a glittering career from goddess to fairy tale guest star to popular snowy idiom.
1: Amazing, what a journey. That's all i got for you, man. Well, do we continue on, on to the next stop of that journey, which is the scores? What do you reckon?
0: Hmm. I, I got the feeling you weren't super sold on that story, but I might be wrong. Well, let me tell you one thing. I
1: am scoring with a slightly different strategy from here on out. I, I freaked myself out in the last episode, tied myself okay. up in knots. <laughs> I'm going to be less precious about my school. so okay. I think I'm going to give this. Well, let me
0: let me hear your let me hear your your okay. rationale. Let's. You know, I, I love a mad one, me.
1: and there are mad elements here, like the bread screaming out, the screaming apples asking you to shake them, an old woman with massive teeth. It's all a bit mental, and I gotta say it doesn't. Narratively, it doesn't really go anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not much of a
0: storyline. I mean, perhaps not compared to some of the super epic adventures we've had, but compared to anything, say, we've had in series three, I'd say as close narratively in terms of a journey or something. Mm. Even more so. We go into a parallel universe. (laughs) I mean, true. When you put it like that. She gets employed by a pagan Goddess.
1: Yeah, but there's more of a story, isn't there, to Fitch's Bird or Jolinda and Dringle.
0: Yeah, I just yeah, I I feel like it didn't sort of set the world on fire for you. It didn't excite no, you. No, it didn't really. I've got a score as I see fit, and I'm going to give this a six point five. Okay, I was nervous there because I thought you were gonna you were gonna give it like a two or a three no. based on what you were.
1: I haven't completely lost my mind. 6.5. What, what do you Six reckon? Five. What do you reckon?
0: Well, I liked it, I think. I liked the, uh, the, the journey that she goes on. I like the oven and the, the trees and all that. And the jumping in the well. And I, I, you know, I like the sort of evil sister and the good sister, which yeah. we had in The Little Men in the Woods, which we both gave a massive score you to. We did. As well. But then you know, the li- Three Little Men in the Woods had the like spitting the coins out of the mouth and Oh yeah, that was that is a classic.
1: That's an absolute grim reading classic, that one.
0: So I don't think this deserves as high a score no, as, as would Three Little Men that. in the Wood. I thought I could improve the ending. Oh, oh, okay. So what you could have done is when she got back covered in gold, and then the mum is like, Oh, I wanna send my other daughter that I like there. Yeah. She could have had it so that the girl jumped in the well and then drowned. Yeah, I thought
1: that. Come I thought on. thought that might have happened, yeah. Is that an ending or what? She jumps in and just drowns.
0: <laughs> she can't get out. Drowned. <laughs> Karma. Justice. That would be, b- that's actually a pretty good ending. Also, the other thing I did mention is that this is, I think, quite possibly the first ever story we've ever had that doesn't have a single man in it. Oh, that's true. It's an entirely female-led ensemble oh, cast. I'm trying to think now, has there been another story?
1: No, I think you're right. I can't think of another story yeah. we've done that's been had no
0: men in it. I was thinking like a seven point five or an eight. Okay. But that seems quite high. I definitely liked it more than you. Okay. I think it had some peril, had some danger, had some madness. Yep. Seven point five. Seven point five.
1: That's respectable. I think it's not too far away from my score to, to make me feel bad. <laughs> okay, well, uh, f- that is a 14 out of
0: 20. Well, fantastic. A very worthy score there, I think, from Mother Hole. She'll be happy with that, 14. Now it's time to choose the next stories we'll be reading in the new year. Yes, so, as always,
1: I've gone through our list of uh, stories from the first volume of The Brothers Grimm. Not knowing anything about them, but going on title alone, I've had a look at which stories are left to read. We're actually getting through them quite a bit. Yeah, we are. Well, I, t- I, I was running the numbers. I think we're nearly at two-thirds of the way through Volume 1. But I picked out three uh, titles that I think we're both going to enjoy. So, after Christmas, the first story we're going to read on the podcast is going to be Number nine, the twelve brothers. Oh, the twelve, 12 brothers!
0: Twelve brothers. I'm excited for that one.
1: Then the next episode will be number seventy-seven, Clever Gretel.
0: Clever Gretel. And then number eight, the wonderful musician. So let me get this straight: the twelve brothers, Clever Gretel, and the wonderful musician. Yes. That is solid. I'm really impressed with your pick there, Adam. Thank you.
1: Uh, Me too.
0: I'm excited about all of those. So those are the next three stories we'll be reading. Then we'll be reading our patron-chosen story. Yes. Which means it's time to launch our
1: story poll. Yes. So as you may or may not be aware, our patrons, all of our patrons from $1 a month upwards, get the chance to vote in our bi-monthly poll I pick a story anonymously, Matt picks a story anonymously, and uh, we let you patrons choose which story you want to hear most. We let our choices battle it out. So this poll, we are choosing between Our Lady's Child or The Godfather. So that's The Godfather or Our Lady's Child. What's it going to be? They both sound great. I think everybody's a winner with this one.
0: Everyone's always a winner I know, on this podcast. Always.
1: There are no losers. uh, Yeah,
0: there are no losers here. Well, apart from everyone who doesn't win in our ongoing competition, there can only be one winner. (laughs) Um, And loads (laughs) of losers. We've been banging on about this for ages. Our competition is still uh, live, although it will be closing very soon because we're going to be announcing the winner in our next episode, which will be the Christmas special. Yes. So tell me more about this competition, Adam. So, to win a copy
1: of Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, illustrated by Arthur Rackham, courtesy of the Vintage Book Publishers Poop Press, and an exclusive Grim Reading poster, please do get in touch with your answer to the following question. Out of all the scores we've given to the stories so far, what has been the greatest injustice on Grim Reading? We've talked a lot about scores recently, giving scores that are way too high, way too low. Is there any story that stands out in your mind? Just get in
0: touch. You can get in touch however you want. Email us, grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us. Leave us comments on the blog or on this episode on Podbean. Just let us know. There's a leaderboard on our Podbean site and on the homepage of our website. It lists all the stories in order with the scores that we've given them. So you could just go to our website and have a little browse and then get in touch. I'm going to do it right now, Adam. Oh, The Wolf and the Seven Little Kids 10. What? That feels wrong. That does feel yeah. wrong. Brementown musicians, 12. What? L- less than mother Hall.
1: Well, this is what you mean. We're already coming out with some great injustices. Like, th- there are so many.
0: So just have a browse and let us know. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'll see you next time for our Christmas episode.
1: I can't wait. It's just my favourite time of year. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we get to record our Christmas episode in person.
0: Yeah, so I'm sure you know, but we do things a little bit different in our Christmas episode. It's a bit more chilled out. Yeah, we have presents, some drinks, some food, and then Adam reads me some Christmas stories. I get to relax. Yeah. I, I get my Christmas holiday, and Adam reads me a lovely, lovely Christmassy tale. Wow, <laughs> well, wow! Well, well, how the tables have turned. <laughs> and, you know, I'm very happy here in my uh, sort of turret. I'm in the turret with a fire on, snowing out, but I would like to make my way over to your castle for Christmas so let's let's hope that we get to do that but it might not be possible this year but Christmas will not be cancelled it will not be cancelled one way or another we're gonna you me and Frau Hull are gonna have fun we're gonna make that bed tantalizing (laughs) there you go and on that
1: bombshell we'll see you next time for the Christmas episode can't wait see you then give it grim bye If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. The grand.